Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 21 of Lady in Black. I'm Danielle. And I'm McKenna. So we are just going to jump straight in today because I am really excited to talk to you about this. <laughs> oh, boy. I can see it in your eyeballs. Yes. Um, so we are going to go to Ireland. I like Ireland. Mm-hmm. And we are going to talk about the Hellfire Club. I don't like that Ireland. I don't think anybody likes that Ireland. I hope not. Yeah. So clearly you've heard about it. I have. Yes. Okay. So to properly tell this story, we are going to travel back in time to the 1720s. Okay. So 1724 Montpelier Hill, Ireland contains an ancient passage grave. And on top of the grave sits an ancient cairn of stones. Okay. Do you know what a passage grave is? No. Okay. So a passage grave is a megalithic tomb, and they came from the Neolithic and copper or early bronze ages, and they're only found in the British Isles in Europe. So they were essentially a mound with a roof and a really narrow entrance, and once you went inside, it contained human remains and funeral offerings. So it was massive. Yes. It was very large. So William... Connolly, one of the richest men in Ireland, shows up and he sees this land and he's like, ooh, I like it. I want it. So he buys it. He destroys the cairn and builds himself a hunting lodge on top of this hill. No, he does not. He does. And rumor states that Connolly actually used some of the gravestones and the stone from the cairn in the fireplace and the walls. How dumb do you have to be? Well, apparently, I mean, that's pretty dumb. But you fucked up, bro. <laughs> that was a bad life choice. Yes. Well, shortly after he built the lodge, the roof blew off during a storm. And locals and people in the area immediately believed that the roof, the roof was ripped off because of either the angry spirits seeking revenge for the destruction of their graves... Or it was ripped off by the devil himself for dis disturbing these graves. So he rebuilt the roof, made it a little bit rounder so it could like take the winds, and then he made it out of stone. So interestingly enough, Connolly purchased the land from Philip, Duke of War uh, Wharton who was the founder of the very first Hellfire Club in London. Oh, no. So we're not going to get into that one that much because I think that there's enough to talk about with this location that will cover the OG Hellfire Club later and we'll cover the Hellfire Caves in another episode. So it's going to be a whole string of things. Yes. Um, but fast forwarding now to 1735. Connolly has died. And now we introduce Richard Parsons. So Richard Parsons was the first Earl of Ross. He was a Freemason and the founding member of the Hellfire Club of Ireland. So with the Freemasons, he was actually the Grand Master of the first Irish Freemason Lodge. And he was born in Twickenham, Middlesex in 1702, and he passed away in 1744. So Parsons also founded 
the sacred sect of Dionysus. And he wrote a book called Dionysus Rising after he went to Egypt and claimed that he had found uh, Dionysian scrolls in the Great Library of Alexandria. That is so much information. Yes. And Parsons had a reputation. Um, And this reputation was for practicing the dark arts or black magic. No. He was also known to be a drinker, a gambler, a womanizer, and he loved to shock people with his behavior. So, for example, he greeted his neighbor, who was a clergyman, nude. No, he... (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. Yikes. Yes. So, another prominent member of the club was Simon uh, Luttrell. And he was another wealthy landowner. And allegedly, he made a pact with the devil himself, promising his soul in seven years if his his debts were to disappear. So the story goes that the the devil himself came to collect, but Simon was smart and he managed to outwit him and run away. Um, And he was the longest living member of the club. He died last. I mean, impressive, but I would like to know how you outran the devil. <laughs> Same. <laughs> like, that's a feat, my man. It really is. So what exactly is the Hellfire Club? Nobody really fucking knows. I was going to say, I have no idea. Nobody really fucking knows. All that they do know is that it was a group of elite men who would meet to drink and engage in debauchery. So these men were basically mandated to drink in excess, and their traditional drink of choice was scalthine, which is hot whiskey and butter, which honestly sounds good. (laughs) Yeah, that actually sounds really good. Yes. And then slight trigger warning, the sessions almost always ended with violence or sexual assault, and one actually ended in murder. So there is a murder on record. This is the only like death on record. Um, And it was the death of Charles Cobb, who was the son of the Archbishop of Dublin. And he died up there in a duel in July of 1751. The other deaths, murders, those are legend. It's crazy to me that there's only one documented death. Yeah. And it was a duel. I mean, part of me is like, did they really document death that well back then? True. Don't know. But so anyways, back to the back to the club itself. So their meetings were meant to be like an open mockery of the church, of the Catholic church. So there were rumors of deals with the devil. There was rumors of human sacrifice. Um, They would hold a single chair open at their table just in case the devil himself chose to join them. They gave the... The devil, his own his chair. own seat at the table. Yes. No, thank you. Yeah. So a letter, which they believe um, was written by one of the club members, talks about the, quote, sacrifice of maidens. But a lot of people think that this might just be like a essentially slang for them taking 
these women's virginities. That's disgusting. So like instead of killing them, they just had sex with them. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of rumors. Um there's another rumor that the one of the club's rituals involved dousing a cat in alcohol and setting it on fire. No. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. Yes. And at some point the building was damaged in a fire. So it is there's a few stories. One of them is that a footman a footman spilled a drink on a man um, that they referred to as Burn Chapel Whaley, um, and that he was one of the more vocally like anti-Catholic church members. Um, and so this prompted Whaley to set the man on fire. Um, and whatever happened with this fire, it did kind of end the original club. Um, but Whaley's son actually revived the club later on and he called it the Holy Fathers. And this new group was even more fucked up. How can you, why? Why are we getting more fucked up? The stories always included wagers with the devil, kidnapping, murders, satanic rituals, and cannibalism. Bro, why? (laughs) And Buck, who was Whaley's son, actually fled Ireland. He fled to the Isle of, the, of Man after he was praying one night and felt the devil creeping up the aisle towards him. That's terrifying. Mm-hmm. That's terrifying. Yes. So it is rumored that the devil himself may have caused the fire inside of the Hellfire Club. Because Thomas Connolly, who is the grandson of William Connolly, who built the original structure, is said to have met the devil there during a card game. So there's kind of a couple versions of this story. So one version is that he was he had like glanced down during the game and this man that he was playing cards with had cloven hooves. And the minute that he saw these cloven hooves, he claimed an icy hand grabbed his heart. And then this man flew up in a burst of flames and out through the high window of the gable. The other version is that two men were gambling on a Sunday, which was like a that that in itself was a protest. (laughs) So they were gambling on a Sunday when a stranger approached the door and this stranger was like, hey, can I come in? Like I need a rest or whatever. And they were like, absolutely, man, come in. Let's play cards. So they're playing cards with this stranger. And one of the men drops one of his cards. So he reaches down to grab it. And when he's under the table, he sees cloven hooves. And then this man burst into flames. And so there's legend that that is the fire that burned the club was the devil himself. Interesting. It's the, one of the only places in the world to have strong claims that the devil was actually present in it. Now I'm super curious. Now I just want to be a time traveler and right? like, see if this actually happened because now I'm super, I, I would need shit to be, my pants. Need to be a time traveler and a man who's loaded. Shit. 
right? That's really tricky. I have all the things going against me now. <laughs> I'm not a man. I'm not rich. And I can't time travel. Yeah. I mean, I can't either. This so. is horseshit. <laughs> I'm protesting. Okay. You can enjoy your protest. Okay. Have a great time. <laughs> so another member... His name was Lord Santry, and he was a civil man when he was sober. But when he drank, he had a very dark side to him. And mind you, if he's a member of this group, they are drinking in excess all the time. All the time. So one of his most shocking crimes that he committed was the murder of one of his servants. The man was ill, he was bedridden, and Santry forced him to drink a bottle of brandy and then drenched his bedclothes in alcohol and set them on fire, burning him alive. But Santry escaped punishment for this because he bought the silence of the witness. No. Paid off the person that saw him. He literally just had enough money to make it disappear. hmm Yeah. So it's rumored... That there were there was satanic abuse of women at the meetings, that there was black masses, and whoever was crowned the leader of the of the group was referred to as the king of hell, and would wear horns, wings, and cloven hooves. Y'all are asking for it with this one. <laughs> Y'all are asking for it. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. So There's another tale. It's that of a young farmer. He was a local farmer and he was curious about what was happening. Um, So he was found by the club members when he was wandering around outside and they drug him inside and they were like, you want to see? We'll let you see. So the next day he was found wandering on the mountain by himself because like this hills, like it's in the mountains of Dublin. Okay. And... He was found wandering around. He was unable to speak, couldn't hear, and he actually remained deaf and dumb for the rest of his life. No way. Yes. So he was mute and he could not hear for the rest of his life after going inside of this place. Oh, no. So black cats. (laughs) Black cats have a tie to this lovely place. And one of one of these black cats is a cat that is seen with ears shaped like horns. And it is allegedly the size of a dog. So a priest and um, the host of like a party or whatever, like this, this host goes down, gets the priest, they come up, they see a banquet laid out and they see this black cat so the priest had a bottle of holy water in his pocket and he decided to attempt an exorcism so he like shakes the bottle of water of holy water at the cat and it tears itself apart and when he walks back out he finds the host who brought him up dead on the ground and his face and neck were covered in scratches No way. Yes. So the Hellfire Club was famous at this point for orgies, for debauchery, drunkenness. Members would often dress as friars and address each other as brothers 
And anytime they had prostitutes, they would dress them as nuns and they were forced to wear masks. Mm. So like they're, they're really taking this Catholic church mockery to like another fucking level. Oh yeah. They're going and things to are getting all twisted. <laughs> things are getting one. fucking twisted. So later on, you know, everything shuts down after this big fire and this man named Lord um, Lord Eli of Rathfernham decided to build a hunting lodge for himself. And it was like a mile, mile-ish downhill. Um, he built it in 1763. And instead of, you know, just like getting his own shit, he went up to the old lodge that the Hellfire Club used and he grabbed all of like the nice finishings, the stone steps, the window sills, some of the walls, and brought them all down the hill to build his new house. I swear to God, these people are stupid. And we're not going to talk about that house today just for the sake of time, but it also has hella reports of the paranormal. Well, obviously. Mm-hmm. I, I just cannot. They get dumber and dumber. I swear. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think back then they just didn't really think about it. Probably wouldn't think about ghosts and hauntings. I mean, uh, true, but I'm just Or if you did, you didn't think about like, like maybe they just hadn't put two and two together that it could be the objects, not just the ground. But I think with, with the, with this lodge, people kind of assumed it was like the grounds because it was literally built on a grave. Fair enough. A I'm mass just thinking, grave. <laughs> personally, if I were to build a house, I am absolutely not using somewhere that was used for all of this shit. Like, I'm not I'm not taking that stuff and putting well, it no. in my own house. No. No. But at the time, somebody else, not that, like, just, what, 40 years before, built a house on a fucking mass grave. So, like, I don't think that they were that concerned about it. They well, didn't they have the been. knowledge that we have now. They should have been concerned. <laughs> Concern level should have been off the chart. So with that being said, are you ready to get into the paranormal? I don't know. I I honestly don't know. I feel like this is going to scare me. Maybe. Maybe. Um, because this place is really fucking active. Um, and it has been abandoned for an incredibly long time. But it has held popularity with the paranormal since the 1720s. That's a long time. Yes. People, like the minute that this lodge was built, shit started, like stories just started pouring out. You had the roof, you had the Hellfire Club, and it has not stopped since. So there are reports of people being tugged on, like their clothing, if they're wearing a necklace or a bracelet, their hair, Whatever, they'll feel the tug. People report smelling strange sulfuric smells. That's not good. No. That's not good. And people feel uncomfortable basically as soon as they approach it. Like they come out of that tree line because it's surrounded by forest. Like they come out of that tree line and they're uncomfy. I mean, I'm uncomfy talking about it. I can't even imagine visiting it. That's fair. So... Clearly, there's lots of theories about the satanic uses of this building in the past. But what if I told you that they still happen to this day? 
I hate it, but I, I'm not surprised. Many people, including paranormal investigators that are going up for the night, will report running into people who are wearing long black hooded robes coming down. So inside, people would hear strange noises. And in 2006, a bunch of people gathered at the site on June 6th to await the potential coming of the Antichrist because it was 666. Oh, no. So people have also reported getting scratched. Not surprised by that one. No. So I tried to watch the Ghost Adventures episode, and it wouldn't work. It wouldn't let me rent it. It wouldn't, like, there was, like, no... (laughs) There's no fucking way to watch it. I was getting pissed. And so I was like, fuck it. I'm going to go on YouTube and I'm just going to find like somebody has got to have investigated this place. It is literally abandoned and you can walk right up to it. You can hike right up to it. Yeah. It is just like a like ruins that they will let you run free in kind of situation. Mm -hmm. So I did find a YouTube channel. It's called Overnight and they investigated it. So I watched it. It's kind of the same fucking thing as Ghost Adventures because it's like four dudes. Oh, no. And I immediately didn't like the four dudes. I'm not surprised <laughs> so, like, by I that one. I probably wouldn't recommend watching it. But like I what kind of drew me in is that they were investigating with two members of the Paranormal Researchers of Ireland. And they are an incredibly reputable group. Yeah, that's impressive. So I wanted to watch because of them. And mm-hmm. I didn't even finish the episode there's still like a little bit left but I was like that's all I need to see yeah exactly (laughs) so you know they hike up there and the investigators that they meet are Tina and Chris so Tina starts telling them about some of the things that they have found on the property when they've gone up to investigate oh I don't think this is gonna be good no because they have found Ouija board sessions laying around with blankets and other personal items as if people ran out mid-session. And we're going to get into that a little bit more when we talk about our thoughts and feelings because I have strong thoughts and feelings about that. I'm sure you do. So they talk about how people report hearing tortured screams. They tell a story of a man that went up to find his daughter. She disappeared up here. I don't know the timeline. And apparently she had been tortured. She had been burned, most likely essayed, and rolled down the hill. And when he showed up and walked in, his hair turned white and he never spoke of what he had seen. That is insane. Yeah. Yeah. So Tina is not a psychic. She's not a medium. She has no special qualifications, but she's been investigating for over 10 years. And they filmed this in 2021. So, like, she's been investigating for a really long fucking time. Yeah. And she was telling the story about a friend of hers who's also a very experienced investigator. And they were inside and he saw a black shadow come out of the wall and engulf him. He then ran out and told them he would never go back. And to this day, he has never gone back. He won't do it. I mean, I can't blame him. If I saw that, I am never, ever going back to wherever that happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she does then bring up an interesting fact that we're going to chat about later. She brings up the fact that 
you don't know what the people that have been you like been up there right before you have done. No, you don't no. know what people are going up there to do. Mm-mm. So the energy every single single time you go is different. Yeah. It's never going to be the same. And then she even talks about the time that they went up there and found a severed pig's head. Like it had been used in a ritual. Of course they did. So she said that it's constant up there and like they're just having this conversation and one of the guys, his name is Corey, feels something grab his arm and then when he like lifts his like arm up, there's like a cold breeze that goes past him. So like they're just having the initial like chat walkthrough whatever and there's already some things happening. Yeah, some like pretty decent sizable things. Yep. So she then recalls another time that they were coming up and there was a group of people walking down the hill in complete silence wearing black gowns. Like they had just left. Like they were just leaving the Hellfire Club. If that is not your sign to turn your ass around and (laughs) run the other way, I don't know what is. So she, like clearly she's gone up here hundreds of times because she also tells another story there was a group of seven or eight people and one of their guys was standing out in the hallway he kind of liked to do that he would like to like kind of pull himself a little bit farther away from the rest of the group just to see what he can experience and he was out there they all turned off their flashlights and then he ran into the room to like ran over to them the entire building shook And they heard a thud. And this building is solid stone. It's not easy to like make move. No. And the reason that he ran in there is because he saw a big black shadow coming straight towards him. So then seconds later, one of the guys in their group just bends over and starts vomiting. Really? Yes. So she just said that everything was like going wrong. Like this guy was freaking the fuck out. And she was like, he's very calm. Like he's not the type of person to like lose freak the fuck out. out, So he's freaking out. Another guy is now vomiting all over the floor. So she pulls everybody outside and they actually called the investigation off because it felt too volatile up there. Oh my God. Like they were like for our own safety, like we cannot go back in there tonight. That's insane. Yes. So then she tells this other story. And this is of a man that randomly showed up mid-investigation. They did not realize that he was a part of their group. Um, And he had a bag with him. So one of the other people was kind of like, hey, who the fuck's that? And she was like, oh, I thought he was part of the group. And he was like, no. So she was like, what are you doing? And he was like, oh, I'm just waiting for some friends. And she was like, why are you waiting for friends up here? Like, what the fuck? And he was like, oh, yeah, like I met them on the Internet. They're supposed to like meet me here. And this other guy was like, so what's in your bag? And he started getting really weird, but he did eventually open it up for them. And it was filled with knives. So then just a little while later, there was a stabbing at the Hellfire Club. A man had slit the throats of a young woman and a man. Luckily, both of them survived. 
But this man did it in the middle of the fucking day in front of people. He gets arrested. She sees the newspaper article. It is the same man that showed up mid-investigation with all of them with a bag full of knives. I mean, there was about a million and a half red flags there. Yes. But the biggest red flag is his defense. What do you mean? His, his, what he told the courts, like why he did this was he'd been staying up at the, at the, at the building and the devil told him that he had to make a sacrifice. So he went to slit their throats to sacrifice them to Satan. Well, I mean, at least he didn't get away with it. No. I mean, he did it in the middle of the day in front of a bunch of people. I just, I can't. I, that is so much. Yeah. So for their investigation, basically immediately, Corey sees a black mass on their SLS camera. They're swinging it back and forth and they can't replicate it. Um, he starts to go downstairs and he cracks a joke. He's about to go by himself, cracks a joke to one of the other dudes about how he's about to go meet Satan, walks down the stairs, a rock gets thrown at him. He just turns his ass right back around and runs straight back up the stairs, panicked. Good call, my mans. Panicked. So... They're trying to figure out what the fuck happened, what hit him. And he was like, it just like, it was like a rock. Like it hit my foot. Like if I would have been, you know, a few feet closer, it would have like hit higher up kind of situation. And as they're standing there, the SLS camera maps a figure standing right next to where the rock came from, but it has no heat signature and it's none of them. Yikes. So then, yes. So then they're talking about it and they realize that when Ghost Adventures was there, a brick was thrown at them. Oh, so now I forgot about that. That I have, like, I know I've seen this episode, but it's been so long yeah, that I don't forever. remember it. But yes. So then they're like, okay, like, let's try to just like talk to them, see if they'll make some noises. Nothing. So they bring out the spirit box. They go and like walk into like the room next where they were just standing. And Chris asks, he's one of the, like one of Ireland's investigators asks, is there anybody here with us? And the spirit box immediately says devil. No, it does not. It does. No. They ask for a name and it says Michael and then it growls, which Michael is one of the people that is believed to have been killed or sacrificed up there. So they then ask um, if they leave Corey alone, if it'll show itself to him. And it says in a second, and okay. I'm sorry, Corey. I guess you're being sacrificed in this investigation. Yes. And so then they're going and they're like, they're about to pull out. They're about to leave Corey, but they decide to look at the SLS footage. And right next to Corey is a figure. Nobody was standing there. No heat signature. Random figure mapped right next to him. So they leave him alone. <laughs> like you like you would. Yep. And Duh. then as they're walking out, Tina informs him that if he tries to run, it's just going to grab him. So like don't don't run. That is horrifying. Yeah. Yeah. So they leave him for like 10 minutes and before they walk out of the room, the REM pod is already going off. And they leave him alone, they go outside. Corey asks if spirits 
or demons like going there. And there is an audible hiss on the camera. Like you can hear it in the recording. It is audible. He is like, hey, like, can you touch the antenna on the REM pod? Like, let me know that you're here. And then the music box in the hallway goes off. Have you seen like those music boxes? No, I don't think so. So if a spirit gets close to it, if there's movement, it'll start playing music. <laughs> they're really fucking creepy. No, They're really cool, but they're really creepy. And like part of the thing is it's kind of like a REM pod, but like the song and like, like the sound might not make a spirit pull back. Oh, because like startle them is bad. Yeah. It's a music box tune, Okay, but, um, still creepy. Yes. So he asks if it set the music box off and then the K2 meter spikes. So like his EMF reader spikes. And then he asks if something is in the room with him and the K2 spikes again. He asks if the devil once came here and the K2 meter spikes. Like it is spiking only when he's asking questions and it has not gone off yet until this whole encounter. Yikes. So he then sees a white light in the hallway and that just like appears and vanishes. And mind you, everybody else is outside. Yeah, nobody's in there. They're not in there with him. He's the only person in this building. And so he asks point blank if what is in there with him is a demon. Do not tell me it says yes. He immediately starts calling for Elton, who's like the leader of the group. Elton runs over there and is like, what's wrong? And he was like, I'm ready to get out. I'm done. Um, And he says that when he asked if it was a demon, something flew up out of the floor and like passed him just like really quick. So he's telling them this. And as he's relaying what just happened and when he says, I asked if it was a demon, the REM pod goes off. And then the K2 meter goes off. And then the music box starts going off. And then all three of them are going off at the same fucking time. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then Tina tells them that something in that room has done the exact same thing on one of her investigations. Really? Set off every fucking piece of equipment in there. Like at the same time? Same time. Or we'll like stagger them. So like I'm going to set this one off first. But then while that one's still going off, I'm setting off this one here. And while those two are going off, I'm also going to set off this one over here. That is crazy. Yeah. The amount of yes. energy that would take. So then they, they're all just having a conversation with the equipment still in there, but they're not having a conversation with whatever's, whatever entities with them. They're having a conversation amongst themselves. And every single time that they talk about demons, their equipment all goes off. If they talk about spirits, they say the word spirit, ghost, anything like that, silent. The minute that they drop the de- the demon word shit spikes so then they start to hear footsteps in the hallway and they will just straight up walk out there there's nobody out there because you know this is an open place there could be somebody that just like waltzes up so they're like well, let's just go check so they walk out there's nobody in the building with them there's nobody that made footsteps so they decide to ask if whatever is there was summoned there and the music box then the REM pod, and then the K2 go off. Oh, mm-hmm. I, I don't like any of this. So it shuts off, and then one of the other guys was like, what did you like? What did you just ask it? Like, he didn't hear him ask the question. So he repeats the question, and then everything goes off again. 
So like after it, it is died like, down. It is perfectly timed with his questions. And it's it's kind of fucking scary. <laughs> um, so he once again asks if the devil came here. And there's a thud in the hallway. So they decide to leave Corey again for like a second and see what happens. They run outside. They have a thermal camera and they see something on the thermal camera, but they cannot figure out what it is. And then Corey calls them back saying that there's banging by the stairs. And right when he tells them that, the REM pod goes off. This place is literally just fucking just with them. popping the fuck off. Yeah. So... Now comes the time where we try to f- figure out what's happening. Oh, boy. I have a feeling, but I'm curious what your feeling is. My feeling is creeped out right now. That's <laughs> what I'm feeling. Okay. Well, I figured. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't like any of that. It, that's terrifying to me. In every aspect, like, it's just, that's insane. So you think, yes. Paranormal. Yes. Yes. And then what kind of entity do you think is there? Every time you ask me this, I don't know how to answer. Do you think it's the D word? I think it might be. Do you think it's like one? Do you think it's multiple? Do you think it's the devil himself? Mm. I, I don't know. I mean, that's, I guess that's kind of the hard part for me. I don't. Part of me doesn't think that it's the devil himself. Okay. I just don't really get that feeling, but I do think it's demons. I just don't know how many. Okay. Because I feel like with as much shit that has happened here, mm-hmm. all of like the Ouija boards and all of all of the shit, mm-hmm. there has to be so many goddamn demons. Mm, fair. There has to be so many demons. (laughs) And I hate that. Worse than Bobby Mackey's music world? Absolutely. So on the scale of Dale the demon to the devil himself, where do these ones lie? Are we like the devil's a 10, Dale's zero, honestly. (laughs) It's not even Well, I mean, it's higher than Bobby Mackey's. And I put Bobby Mackey's at like a five. Yeah, I think you did. I don't know. So are you going with like a I see six, here's where I'm seven here's where I'm caught at a crossroads because I know I know that we're just gonna escalate from here, so I can't put this at a ten. I don't know if we're gonna escalate from here. Well, yeah. <laughs> Do not lie to me. I know yeah. I know you. I know where this is going. Yeah, we're going back to Romania. So <laughs> I know that this is escalating, so I can't put it at a 10. Okay. But it has to be higher than a five. So like I just seven. Do you feel comfy at a seven? Do you think it's worse mm-hmm. than a seven? I seven might be a seven might be a solid pick. Okay. I think seven might be a solid pick. I just know that I can't like put it way up there because I know there's going to be others that are going to be higher. Okay, fair. So do you think that these demons came with the Hellfire Club, the OGs, or do you think that this is recent? Mm. Gut feeling says more recent. Because, yes, there was a lot of stories from the OG, you know, Hellfire Club, and obviously... There's a lot of legend and lore and things about what happened there. Yeah. But it seems like 
a lot of these types of experiences have popped up recently. It doesn't seem like something that there's that much story and legend and lore around from back then. Well, and part of that is because this was a secret society. These men were very well-to-do. They were very good at keeping secrets. So you got to take that into consideration is that we don't know. We don't know for a fact what they were doing. We do know that this club was created to mock the Catholic Church. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why, I mean, it just, it's hard because we don't have those accounts like we do now. You know, like there's not a bunch of documented things about crazy stuff happening back then. So you don't, you don't know if it was happening or not. Okay. Fair. That's fair. I see your little, your little smirk over there. What are you, (laughs) what are you smirking at? So my theory, my theory on the whole thing. So to start it, I don't believe in the devil. Okay. I believe in demons. I don't necessarily believe in the devil. Fair. I think that, like, I don't know. Like, my thoughts on that are very complicated. So, like, not really inclined to say that the devil was there because I don't really believe in it. However, these men could have just been a group of rich men who wanted to get sloshed and fuck some women in private. True. And because it was a secret society, rumor mill went fucking wild, especially given the location. Mm-hmm. However, I do know some of the some of the history on the original Hellfire Club in England, so that does make me wonder. But my thought is that it was a location that has a very, very, very crazy backstory that drew a lot of the wrong kind of people. And rule number one of using a Ouija board is you do not remove your hands from that planchette and that board unless you have said goodbye. If these people are fleeing mid-game and leaving those Ouija boards behind, they have just opened a gate, they've opened a door, they did not close the door. Mm-mm. And if multiple people are doing it, who knows what's there? Congratulations, you got yourself a fucking portal. Exactly. Like, I am torn on if I would go or not. Because I think I would. I know you would not. I know point blank you would no. never go there. <laughs> I already almost pooped myself during this episode, okay? <laughs> I don't need to go anywhere near this place. I kind of want to go. It's once again one of those, like, I want to experience it for myself. I I don't know. I think that I'm, like, inclined to believe that, like, it might not have been haunted until people went up there with fucking Ouija boards and to perform potential pig sacrifices and shit like that. Yeah, that's where I'm at. I mean, like, it. that's just recently is when it's gotten super wild. It's when it's gotten super active. That we know of. We don't know what happened. We don't know that it was whether or not it was fucked up that long ago. It was abandoned. Nobody went inside of it because of the stigma. So, like, you think back of like um, the Lollary Mansion in New Orleans when people heard the screaming and the things like that, nobody would touch that land. Yeah. So, it's been abandoned 
for like over 300 years, I or not 300, probably like at least, well, yeah, almost 300 probably at this point. Yeah, pretty close. And so probably like 250, but it's been abandoned for hundreds of years. Who knows if there's paranormal claims to it beforehand? Yeah. Who fucking knows? Yeah, it's just hard. because It's one of those yeah. situations where because it was a secret society, because it was a secret society of incredibly wealthy, well-to-do men that could have silenced anyone who actually saw what was happening. Yeah. Like, there's a possibility that they did do some crazy fucking shit in there. There is a possibility that they did do satanic rituals in there. There's a possibility that they were actually sacrificing maidens. Like, but there's also the possibility that they just used it as a place to go get shit housed and gamble on Sundays exactly. and maybe have some orgies. Like it could go either way. It could go either way. Yeah. That's what's tough for me because I'm not, I'm not sure which way I really no. feel. It also just, it seems like such an interesting place because like, I think most places that we will talk about have talked about things like that. They're not just straight up left open for anybody to do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. up there like most places are privatized so you can really watch what's happening and you can regulate who's and going yes. in there and so like this is a place that anybody who wants to do anything could go up and do it there mm-hmm. the only and thing probably you have to, has yeah i mean if you're seeing people in black hooded robes things like that like that's not exactly a good sign which definitely also makes me just think like, that it's going to get worse as the years go on if that stuff is happening it's kind of like a, a bobby mackey situation yeah. but like actual demons yeah i mean <laughs> i honestly just think with how open it is to the public and all of the reports of you know sacrifices and ouija boards and things like that happening now mm-hmm. i think it's just going to get worse more people are going to continue to do it more people are going to open doors that yeah. haven't been closed and i think it's going to get worse yeah yeah. I mean, especially like the Ouija board thing is what gets me just because like as somebody who has used them correctly and incorrectly, that's really not something that just anybody should be using at all. But they're sold at kids toy shops. <laughs> not really anymore. <laughs> they used to be. They're like really hard to find now. You can get Good. them from like Amazon. You used to be able to summon the the devil when you were like eight. I think the age range was like six and up. <laughs> yeah, I'm like little Timmy over here is six and he can summon the demon. The first time I played with a Ouija board, I was in first grade. <laughs> of course you were. No one is surprised. I wonder why I have an attachment. Uh, oh my you God. kill me. You kill me. <laughs> Your decision making skills kill me sometimes. I was in first grade. I didn't know any better. My friend got one for her birthday. We literally wrote. Who gets their child a Ouija board for their birthday? Her mom did because her mom got one for that same birthday. Maybe I was a little older. Maybe I was in like third grade. I don't remember. I was young. I was young. We like rode in a limo to my friend's birthday dinner, which was at the Gallatin Gateway Inn, which is also haunted. Fancy. <laughs> we like, it was like a Hummer limo and we like rode over there and like had... um spaghetti and then just like went back to the house and played with a Ouija board <laughs> sounds like the dream night to me sounds like every teen like young girl sleepover in the 90s 
It's exactly what it was. God, I can't. I grew up when like using a Ouija board was just like a casual, cool, calm thing that you did. I can't on even, Sundays I or what? I literally can't count how many times I used a Ouija board when I was growing up. I've only ever used one once. You have? Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. We might need to have an episode on Ouija boards because I need to hear about this and I can tell you about some of my wild ass experiences with Ouija boards. Mine wasn't super wild, but once. Yeah. Oh, yours wasn't? Not not crazy. I was using one once and all the candles went out and we did not close that session. <laughs> you, you just said rule number one. I didn't know the rules. I was like... 15, 16? We were using- you just said rule number one of Ouija boards is to never. I know. But when you are 15 years old, you don't know the rules of Ouija board. Then you should be able to have a Ouija board. And you're using the Ouija board and then all of the lights blow out and you scream and run out of the house. <laughs> and this is why little Timmy should not have a fucking Ouija board. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just informing you that I was an adolescent that was left alone with Ouija so boards. So you're part of this problem. You were part of the problem. Correction, my friend's parents were part of this problem. My mother would never. But you're still part. You're involved. You are roped into this. Well, yeah. It was fun. I would still use one today, but now I'm smarter. (laughs) God, I hope so. God, I hope so. Now I know how to do it correctly. (laughs) How to not get it to spell kill and death and murder. Stop. Stop. But anyways, tangent over. Yeah, I mean, I just, I absolutely think, I mean, if people are just going up there willy-nilly and fucking with some demonic shit, then like, yeah, you're going to get some demonic shit. It's also a stone building. So like they could just be like just repeatedly trapping more of them in there. Absolutely. And that's why I think it's just going to get worse. Yeah. Like from this point forward, especially since it's so open to anybody, it's not regulated at all. Yeah. It's just going to get worse. Like I literally was on like the Dublin like city website and they gave directions. There's like there's two bike loops that you can take to get there. One's 5.5 kilometers and takes you this way. The other one's 6.5. There's no public transportation, though, so you will have to hike. Like, (laughs) (sighs) (laughs) So if you want to bring your cult friends up, y'all just have to have a bike or be willing to hike. (laughs) Bike it or hike it. (laughs) Oh, God. Now they need the saying, pack it in, pack it out. Take that fucking shit with you when you leave. Please take the demons home with you when you leave. Take the demons and the Ouija boards and the pig heads with you when you leave. Oh my God. I could not even imagine rocking up to a location to investigate and there's a severed pig's head. I, I'd leave. I wouldn't be able to I'm just I'd get the fuck out. I'm just imagining how the hell they got this pig head up to this place. Well, I'm wondering if they brought the whole pig. Then where's the rest of it? I don't think you want to know. God damn it. I probably don't. It's just... It's just wild. Like either this place is is super fucked up and has been super fucked up for a minute or legend and lore have overtook a location and turned it into a horrible place. Like there's like no. No, I mean, I think either way now. Either this place has screwed. been demonic since the 1700s or we cu- because of these rumors, we just made a fucking portal on earth because we're a bunch of you know it's a bunch of white people oh absolutely it is (laughs) 
Grandma Karen, actually. <laughs> oh, Grandma Karen's not touching a Ouija board. Good heavens. Absolutely not. She's baking a casserole on Sunday night. It's people like me. <laughs> it's you. You're the problem. You, you're the problem. I'm the problem. Yeah, no. no, I think either way, like... I think I want to go, but I want to go in the daytime. I don't know if this is somewhere that I would really want. I'd have to feel it out during the day, but, like, just the thought of, like, it is open, it is accessible to everybody. People have people have had their throats slit recently mm-hmm. up there. Like, yeah, I'm, like, this, the, the type of people that go up there exactly. are not exactly people that I think that I would want to be around at night. I mean, they're not really people that I want to be around in general for the most I was just part. about to say, what are they going to do to me during the day? And then I remember that both of those people had their throats cut in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. They did. I mean, it does seem like most of the black, black hooded people that are leaving are not interested in talking to you. They just keep walking. So until you get kidnapped. I don't and think then- anybody's gotten kidnapped recently. I think I would have found that in my research. I do. Would you ever go? Absolutely not. Yeah. Okay. Immediately no. Immediately no. Immediately no. That's fair. I mean, we can take a nice little trip to Ireland, and while you're going to go check out the scary um, little demon castle port of the hell thingy, I'm going to be frolicking in the city, having the best time of my life, you're, drinking you're beer gonna and be, eating food. You're, what's going to happen is you're going to take a train to the Scottish Highlands to try to go pet cows. I will pet the cows. And then I'm I will be try. demon hunting and come back and I will be so pissed at you that you pet the cows without me. <laughs> I will pet the cows. I will pet the cows. That's fair. That's how I'll get you to go to Ireland to be like, we're going to go pet, pet cows in Scotland right next door. <laughs> we're also going to go to 47 haunted locations. And I'm going to need my own pet cow to take with me as my emotional support cow. See what we can do. Okay. See what we can do. Fair enough. All right. So next week, do you want to know where we're going? Absolutely, I do. Before we wrap this bitch up, Mm -hmm. we are going to the Corvin Castle in Romania. I've never heard of it. It is where Vlad the Impaler is said to have been imprisoned. Oh, no. And depending on how much time I get, because I actually do get three days off next week, I may or may not make this a double hitter and cover Dracula's castle at the same time. (laughs) Ooh, that would be fun. I think I'm going to. That would be a good episode. And then we have one more international before we really hit home with a bunch of asylums. Yay. I'm so excited. I knew you would be. I'm so excited. I can't even express to you how excited I am. I have a really happy, fun surprise for you, though, when we're done with spooky season. Because, like, the last episode that we're doing for how, like, for this season is going to be Dumas. It's going to come out on Halloween. The week after that, we're covering a cryptid that'll be a blast and a half. I'm just trying to make it through spooky season without crying. You've got it. You've got it. I'll make sure I, you know, stop recording if you're going to cry. Okay. Fair (laughs) enough. All right. Well, this has been Lady in Black.